section twenty five of the end of the middle age twelve seventy three to fourteen fifty three by eleanor constance lodge this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela nagami chapter thirteen the greek empire and the ottoman turks part one in the year twelve sixty one baldwin the last of those latin emperors who had established themselves in constantinople at the time of the fourth crusade was expelled and the greek empire was revived in the hands of the family of paleologus a family which was to occupy the throne of the east until constantinople fell before the turks the empire though restored never regained its old strength it was shorn of territory and surrounded by enemies while the interlude of latin rule had thrown the whole administrative machinery hopelessly out of gear the hostility between the greek or orthodox church as it was also called and that of rome was rendered more bitter than ever the differences in actual belief were not great the latin church had added certain words to the nicene creed which the greek had never adopted and over which fierce controversy raged the doctrine of purgatory also was rather differently regarded and there were certain ceremonial disputes but the really inseparable barrier was the reluctance of the eastern emperor and patriarch to recognize the supremacy of the pope and now since the conquest of constantinople by the latins there was an additional feeling that union was equivalent to bondage and shameful subjection at various times during our period attempts were made to heal the breach but without any permanent result the emperor might promise one thing but the greeks would refuse absolutely to carry out the agreement the most notable instances of this have already been mentioned in previous chapters the arrangement with gregory the tenth at the council of lyons and the definite terms of union drawn up and signed at florence between eugenius and the greek emperor john the sixth even this remained a dead letter owing to the hostility of the whole people and this constant antagonism prevented western europe from making any organized effort to aid their fellow christians in the east against the inroads of the unbelievers other difficulties hastened the decline of the eastern empire her once widespread dominions were getting more and more overrun by hostile neighbors and war on the borders was almost incessant for some time also the descendants of the latin emperor tried to reassert their claims and danger threatened from powerful european princes such as charles i of anjou and charles of valois who were connected by marriage with the exiled house to meet these pressing dangers the emperors called in a force to their aid which was to end by proving a more fertile source of troubles than the distant foes after the sicilian war was over a number of mercenary soldiers spaniards of all sorts under a soldier of fortune called roger de flor were only too glad to seek occupation in the pay of the greeks and were known as the catalan grand company such were the outrages and cruelties practised by these wild troops on the emperor's subjects that friendships soon turned to enmity 
and open war broke out between greeks and spaniards which only ended when in thirteen fifteen the grand company withdrew to fresh fields of bloodshed it was during this catalan war that the worst foe of the greeks for the first time gained an entry into europe amidst all the dangers which threatened the eastern empire far the most formidable was the advance of the turks a steady flood of invasion was pouring over from central asia and it was chiefly to aid in checking these oncoming hordes that roger de flor was invited to the east when however spanish arms were turned against their allies the company did not hesitate to look for aid to the moslem a band of turks crossed the dardanelles in thirteen o six to attack the empire and never from this date was europe entirely free from the presence of the turk it was from the early thirteenth century that these inroads from central asia began in real earnest and from that time onward the turks had been driving out or destroying the christian population of asia minor the turk has been called a nomad and a destroyer and settlement meant slaughter or extermination of all previous inhabitants the barbarians came in overwhelming numbers they required plenty of room for they were a pastoral not an agricultural people above all they were mohammedans and those who would live with them must adopt their faith and become followers of the prophet the christians who could not resist therefore fled to save their faith as well as their lives or were forced to become tributary subjects it was a branch of these tribes known as ottoman turks which was threatening europe in the east in his youth othman first ottoman sultan twelve ninety nine to thirteen o seven dreamt a dream he had been suing in vain for the hand of the beautiful malkatum and in his dream he saw rise from the body of this lady first the crescent moon and then a magnificent tree which grew to an immense size and spread its branches over seas and mountains the caucasus atlas and many others whilst from its roots flowed stately rivers the nile the euphrates the tigris on which vessels of all sorts sailed out to foreign lands then of a sudden he saw the leaves of this tree changed to the form of shining sword-blades turning toward the towns below them and above all toward the great city of constantinople which lying between two seas shone like a diamond between two emeralds and formed the central ornament of a gigantic ring encircling the earth on the morrow he told his dream and won the hand of his lady-love and from this union sprang the dynasty which was to rule over the great ottoman empire and was to press forward little by little to the brilliant diamond of the vision othman has been called the founder of the dynasty his son orkhan thirteen twenty six to fifty seven the founder of the turkish nation the latter captured nicaea and other important places so that his state was firmly established in the heart of asia minor his rule is chiefly memorable however for the introduction of the terrible child tribute and for the origin of the famous force of janissaries which helped to render the turkish army so invincible christians who wished to purchase security in the exercise of their own worship might do so by paying tribute which orkin changed into a contribution of children 
a christian village was forced to supply every year a certain number of young children who were brought up as mohammedans trained with great care and employed when they grew up either in the army or in the civil administration in the army the services of these janissaries or new troops were of the utmost value from the very first the boys were educated for this and for nothing else they were subjected to the most severe discipline taught to do with little food and sleep exercised in riding and the use of arms and above all trained to the most absolute and unquestioning obedience only in actual war was any of the strictness of their life relaxed and thus fighting was looked upon as their holiday time and the ideal of existence brought up in this way with never a thought outside of their regiment and with certain privileges not shared by the rest of the army these janissaries were inspired by an esprit de corps which made them a perfectly unrivalled force in the hands of the sultan thus was the victory of the crescent secured by the children of the cross the greek emperors had little with which to resist this formidable adversary and they looked in vain for real help from the west meanwhile constantinople itself was a prey to constant internal troubles the government was weak a mixture of despotism and oligarchy the ruler was in theory absolute but his power was hampered by the factious opposition of the nobles who having no real position in the administration were hostile and irresponsible his subjects were composed of all sorts of nationalities between whom little real unity existed and this was particularly obvious in the army the emperor ruled over four principal races in the balkan peninsula albanians slavs greeks and valachs to which were added catalans left behind by the grand company and a large number of venetians and genoese who were engaged in trade rivalries in the levant and the black sea venice held certain states in the morea besides corfu crete and other islands which she had gained in the fourth crusade whilst genoa established herself in Azov and the crimea and held pera or galata a suburb of constantinople north of the golden horn the history of the fourteenth and fifteenth centuries is one long continuous record of greek decline and turkish progress in thirteen ninety six the christians of the west made an attempt to come to the aid of the east a crusading force was collected under sigismund then king of hungary later elected emperor he was accompanied by john of burgundy then only count of nevers who gained in his expedition his surname of the fearless the turks at this time were under a leader of great celebrity bajazet idurim or the thunderbolt so called from the speed of his movements and the christians made the fatal mistake of underestimating their enemy on the danube at nicopolis the two armies met and the defeat of the crusaders was complete and decisive thirteen ninety six the french knights brave to rashness but totally undisciplined rejected the more prudent counsel of the hungarians and breaking through the front ranks which faced them charged blindly after the flying foe only to find that the flight was feigned and to be brought to a stand by the archers when in too great disorder to resist at the same moment the chosen troop of janissaries burst forth from the ambush which concealed them 
and routed the remainder of the army with tremendous slaughter. Sigismund escaped by boat and only reached Constantinople in safety with great difficulty. John of Burgundy was captured and held to ransom. Three hundred prisoners who refused to renounce their faith were massacred in cold blood. Bajazet seemed invincible. He swore to press on westward until he could feed his horse on the altar of St. Peter in the heart of Rome itself. Constantinople was besieged, and Christendom trembled, until a sudden diversion was created by a new horde of barbarians, and the attackers became the attacked. Whilst Bajazet had been winning victories over the Christians, Timur, or Tamerlane the Tartar, heading a vast host of tribes from eastern Asia, had been ravaging Persia and Turkestan, and conquered Aleppo from the Sultan of Egypt, and was now threatening the territories of Bajazet himself. In 1402 he sent a curt message to the Ottoman Sultan, demanding an instant surrender of all that he had conquered from the Greeks. Bajazet sent back a reply couched in the most insulting language possible, and then hastened in person to meet his haughty rival, leaving Constantinople rejoicing in temporary safety. At Angora, 28th of July, 1402, a battle was fought which lasted through a whole long burning July day, but at last Bajazet was captured and his army defeated. Timur dragged his illustrious prisoner with him from place to place, until in the following year death freed him from disgrace, and after two more years of victory and bloodshed, his Tartar conqueror followed him to the grave. End of section 25